0: He provided for us before we ever sinned, so that you and I know that this salvation, uh, the Father appointed us in eternity past, the Son atoned for us at Calvary, and the Spirit applied it to us in time.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard, glad that you've joined us today as we continue a message entitled, Have You Said Grace, Grace Yet? We're actually taking a look at Zechariah chapter 4. I know that's a book of the Bible that not many of us spend a lot of time in, but there's some really great truths there that we're pulling out in today's broadcast. As you just heard, Pastor Ford is reminding us today, of how the Lord has provided for us before we ever sinned. He knew in his perfect foreknowledge that we would sin and that we would need a Savior. And God demonstrates his love for us in this, the Bible says, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew that there would need to be a way of salvation made, and that's exactly what we find in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Well, that's what we're going to continue to look at a little bit further today so i do hope that you'll open your bible and join us in the book of zechariah chapter 4 as we continue a message entitled have you said grace grace yet here is pastor ford so
0: in this vision let me give you the outline so that if you want to go to sleep uh you'll be able to talk intelligently after the sermon in verse one you have the preparation for the vision In verses 2 through 5, you have the presentation of the vision. Verses 6 through 10, you have the proclamation about the vision. So you have the preparation for the vision, presentation of the vision, proclamation about the vision. Now the key to the whole thing is the vision. It's the word that God has given. So here's what he's saying. Now you got to have a promise from God first of all. OK, it's not like I do research. So I've done like maybe uh, in the last month I did three singles conferences about two marriage conferences. So I always get information for them because, you know, I don't keep up with everything unless I talk to people about what's going on. And so I was asking them, what are some of the phenomena? And they said, well, two phenomena. One is that married men are taking their rings off and unmarried women are putting rings on. And I said, "Well, explain that to me. You don't have to explain the first one. I know why a married man takes his ring off, but why would a single woman put on the ring? Cause she don't want to be bothered with nobody. So she put the ring on to perpetrate." I said, "Oh, so what about the brothers that only like to mess with married women?" <laughs> anyway, I just asked a question. Let me get back to the text. So the key then. Is this keep the promise first and foremost in your thinking? Why? It's the basis for everything else. In Zechariah one one, here's what it says: Zechariah one one, Zechariah, uh, uh, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edom. Now, why is he put them there to let us know which Zechariah it is? Of course, but names have meaning in Scripture. So what does Zacharias mean? Zachariah means the Lord remembers. What does Berechiah mean? The Lord blesses. And what does Edo mean? At the appropriate time. So get this. Here's what he's saying. Zachariah 1.1. The Lord remembers and he blesses us at the appointed time. So here's what he's saying. I'm gonna give you a vision, and it's based on my promise. And you need to understand uh, that you got to wait for the vision uh, because it will tarry. But just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen. So, what you gotta do is you got to stay in faith. Because the moment you lose your faith, you lose the promise. Because the Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I've got to pursue, stand on the word of God. I've got to believe the report of the Lord. So, give Zechariah my word. Why? Because men change, but my word doesn't. Yeah, give Zachariah my word uh, Zerubbabel. Why? Because uh, the word does not change. The situation will change but the word doesn't change. Your desires will change but the word won't change. Your motivation will change but the word won't change. Your commitment will change but the word won't change. Isaiah 55 11, So shall it be the word that goeth forth from my mouth. It will always accomplish that which I set for it to do. It will never Return unto me boy. Why do we need a promise? You know why we need a promise. Because a promise changes our aptitude, which then changes our attitude, which then changes our altitude. So a promise changes everything. How many times have I told you this? See a sister who's got a promise. She get an engagement ring on her finger. You know what she does? If she believes it, first thing she does is takes herself off the market. Somebody try to step to her, speak to the hand. <laughs> My soul don't understand. Right, she, she's acting like she's in a committed relationship but it's just a promise. Come on, Pastor. Come on. And sad to say, there are some of you who know that sometime that ring don't mean a thing. Okay, all right, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that alone. But you get my idea. You took yourself off the market. Hey, help me out. Even their praise changed, right? How's the praise change? Come on, help me out. Praise the Lord. Yeah, everything changes. So, so let me ask you a question. How many believe the word of God? How many has God given a promise of something? then why are you letting your situation tell you it's not going to come true? Why are you living by your situation and not by the revelation that you have? So he's saying, you need this promise, and this promise is what's going to sustain you, so hold to the promise. You know what I love about the Word of God? The Word of God does not have an expiration date. The grass withers. And the flower fades but the word of our God endures forever oh man yeah this is contemporary right here you can believe this right here yeah and so he says listen what shall be can cancel out what is you know what he's telling them when I give you a promise It's like putting something in the layaway. Uh Oh, everybody going to act like, (laughs) what's that? What's that? What's that? You already know. We talked about that when we did Hebrews 12. The substance of things hoped for. Put it in the layaway. It's yours. It's there. It's guaranteed. As a matter of fact, verses 4 through 7 of our text, he guarantees it. Uh, the angel tells uh, uh, Zerubbabel, uh, Zechariah, I mean Zerubbabel, he says, listen, it's going to happen. There will be a fulfillment. I guarantee it. God is giving us his word and he guarantees. Here's what he's saying. You do what you're supposed to do and God will do what you can't do. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think According to the mighty working power is already in us. It's time to grab the promise and get busy Why because it's for an appointed time. Now, let me do this real quick. I'm gonna show you something Here's what I want to show you. What's he saying to him? It's already done Why because God said it now come on somebody help the preacher this time. What are the four things God cannot do? God cannot lie God cannot die, God cannot try, and God cannot deny himself. Can't do those things. And so, what's he saying? God ain't lying to you. What do you need to lie to you for? There's an appointed time. So, then what God does is he provides what's necessary before it's needed. Okay, I'm gonna show you something. Show you a couple of things. I'm gonna save that. I, I did one, but I'm gonna save it for, for, for last. I'm gonna close with it instead. Now turn to Genesis real quick. Just, just turn to Genesis. I'm gonna just do something. Genesis chapter 1. This the creation of the earth. And here's what it says. Let's start in verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God said it was good. The words translated in my King James Bible, gathered together, is just one word in the Hebrew. Guess what it means? It means I D D O. That is, to bring something together early so it can be used at a later time. What is God doing? What are these seeds gathered together for? The flood. God is preparing the punishment before the sin is ever committed. But then, let me show you the good news. Genesis 2.4. These are the generations of heaven and the earth. When they were created in the day that the Lord God had made the earth. This is the first time that the word Yahweh is used in Scripture. Now, we know that Elohim is God's name in, give me one word, starts with C, creation. We know that Yahweh is God's name, it begins with C, in covenant. So it is His name in redemption. Now, here's my question. Why does He tell us about redemption in chapter 2? When there's not sin until chapter 3. You know why? Because salvation was not an afterthought. It was a forethought. Yeah, he provided for us before we ever sinned. So that you and I know that this salvation, uh, the Father appointed us in eternity past. The Son atoned for us at Calvary and the Spirit applied it to us in time. So that in eternity, he planned it. In the Old Testament, he promised it. In the Gospels, he paid for it. In the Epistles, he proclaimed it. In the heavens, he's processing it. The day you believed it, he provided it. In Revelation, he'll perfect it. And when he rose, he proved it.
1: Unfortunately, we do have to hit the pause button right there. Pastor Ford's certainly on a roll as he's talking about this. Amazing gift to salvation that the Lord has provided to us. And all throughout Scripture, we're pointed to that. we well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr. and a message entitled, Have You Said Grace, Grace Yet? And if you ever miss one of the broadcasts in this short series, come to our website and listen online. Our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, let's get back to today's teaching. Once again, here is Pastor Ford.
0: And so what's he saying? Listen, don't go by your situation. Go by your revelation. Let me call some witnesses uh, real quick here. Some witnesses. Some. Wit- can I get a witness? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get some witnesses, Noah will say, yes, I didn't look at my situation. Because God said it's going to rain. So I start building the boat. Well, wait a minute, Noah. My revelation is it's going to rain. Build a boat. What's your situation? Ain't nobody ever seen rain. It ain't never rained. I look like boo-boo the fool up here building a boat on top of a mountain uh, uh, Thousands of miles above sea level talking about it's gonna rain up to this point and nobody say, everybody say What's was rain That fool talking about rain something falling out of the sky And for a hundred and twenty how long would you have held out building the boat? About the second year some of y'all would have said God I ain't seen no rain. I look like a fool out here. Everybody talking about I look how I look at look at look at him. look like a fool. But you think about it. Now remember who remembers this? How many times did God tell him? Once. He told him one time. It lasted 120 years. How many times has God got to tell you something? So then every day they're saying fool. And you know what he's saying? Look at them fools. I'm telling them, he's a tangible, visible witness. I believe God's word. And so I'm going to keep on doing what God told me to do, even though I don't see what God said I will see. Come on, Dave, you don't see it. You better step out. You better go. You better do it. They're going to tell you it's wrong. You shouldn't do it. Man, step out. If God said go, go. That's what he said. Man, I got me a little amen Hey, don't set that boy up. I'm telling him to be quiet. Let him go in, and say amen. Yeah, I can go down a long list, but I'm just going to leave it alone. God, what's my revelation? It's going to rain, build a boat. What's my situation? What is rain? God, Abraham, that's your land. Wait a minute, how's my land? When the Canaanites and the Amorites and uh, gorgoshites and shalites, uh, mosquito bites, termites—all the ites are in the land. What, 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 what? Yeah, but it's yours. So you know what he did? Buried his dead there as a seed. Faith. Hmm. I know we Baptists don't know nothing about that. Joseph, you're going to the palace, but wait a minute—I'm in the pit. Then Potiphar's, then the prison. That's all right. You're going to be in the palace. Moses, hit the rock. Give give over two million people water. I'm in a desert. You believe my revelation? You believe my situation? Bam, revelation. And on and on it goes. Joshua, there's a big wall. And it's 60 feet high, 30 feet wide. Two chariots can march around it. There's a a middle part of it where, where there's a little river that goes through it. And uh, it's gonna fall down. Well, how we get it to fall down? March. March? March. Have you ever noticed how the promises of God don't make common sense? <laughs> they sure don't. Naaman, you wanna be cured of your leprosy? Dip in Muddy Jordan. So, what God's saying? God said, you do what you can do, and let me do what you can't do. So look at this promise. Notice it says, this vision is for Zerubbabel, the word of the Lord saying, this is what I'm going to do. Notice it's a particular promise, this vision. Notice it's a present promise, is. Notice it's a personal promise, Zerubbabel. Notice it's a powerful promise, the word of the Lord uh-huh. notice it's a persistent promise saying not said right, right. in other words God is gonna keep talking until it comes to pass uh-huh. so we need to keep trusting until it comes to pass. Yeah. as long as God is talking I'm gonna be trusting yeah. Hmm. yeah and it's a provisional promise this promise will make it happen I know I know you're saying I know that wasn't just the introduction yes it was so let me get to the text (laughs) you know amen so this promise will make it happen it's a provisional promise now the question on the floor is how can this promise make it happen I'm glad you asked you ask intelligent questions notice first of all in verses 2 and 3 he says because it will happen because it's a promise of his presence. Now, notice what the text says, verse 2 and 3. And said unto me, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl on, upon the top of it. And his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, the other on the left side thereof. Now, let me just tell you what's going on here. Symbolism. Symbolism is what's going on. So he says, what do you see? And so he sees a menorah. Now remember what that was. That's the candelabra in the holy place. How many articles were in the holy place? Three. Three. What were they? The table of showbread, seven golden candlesticks. What else? Altar of incense. Those three things. Who are they a picture of? Jesus Christ. All of them. So he says the picture of the menorah. Now this is not the menorah in the tabernacle. I don't have time to do the Bible study. Okay. So what is it? He's, he's using these items as a symbol. Who is the symbol of Jesus Christ. So the, the light of the world, John 8:12, Jesus is the light of the world. Who's the, who's the uh, uh, showbread about? It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's light and he's provision. So if you look at the show bread, every day they had to put in 12 loaves, why? One for every tribe. He is sufficient for all of our needs. So then John 6, I am the bread that came down from heaven. He said that five times in John 6. I am the bread that came down from heaven. Now remember, he didn't say, I'm the yeast, I'm the butter, I'm the, I'm the flour. No, he didn't come down partial or piecemeal. It's a complete salvation. It's done in Jesus Christ. And so that's what he wants us to understand. And so what's going on here? He he says, listen, I need you to understand. What do you see? I see symbols that symbolize the presence of Jesus Christ. He says, that's what I need you to know, that he's with you. And as long as he is with you, you don't have anything to worry about. See, see, you got to know, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Though everybody leaves you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's why David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. The presence of God ought to make a difference in our lives. It ought to make a difference in our marriage. It ought to make a difference in the way we treat our children, the way we train our children. It ought to be a difference in the way we treat our brothers and sisters in the house of the Lord. Uh, But, you know, when you look at this thing, just write down Isaiah 43, 2 and 3. Because he says, listen, my presence is all that you need. I was going to tell you about what happened to Jacob in Genesis 35, but I'm not. Because in verse 1, it says that that Jesus came to him where he was and told him something. Then in verse 3, it says, was with him while he went to where he told him to go. Verse 5 says, he protected him along the way and was behind him. Verse 9 says, uh, that he met him where he wanted him to be and blessed him with what he wanted him to have. Verse 13 says, he left him where he wanted him to be. He said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Let me give you these. Let me just walk through these real quick. Notice not just the the promise of his presence, but notice the promise of his power, verse seven, his power. Now, this is not human strength. We quote it all the time. It's not human strength. It's not human sense. Notice it's sustaining power. It's the Holy Spirit. Notice it's sovereign power. It's the Lord of hosts. He's saying man can't make it happen. But that's good, isn't it? Because if man can't make it happen, man can't stop it either. Can't stop it either. I'm blessing somebody that don't even know it. See, if man can make it happen, man can't stop it. But if God make it happen, only God can stop it. I will empower you to do what you cannot do.
1: God is in control, and we are not. You know, that's actually a comforting reminder here on Treasure Truth. You're listening to pastor and author James Ford Jr. with a message entitled, Have You Said Grace Grace Yet? And when you support this program with a gift of any amount, we're going to say thanks with a book by renowned author and professor Dr. Ron Rhodes. It's called The Big Book of Bible Answers, and today is the last day you can request a copy when you give. You know, a book like this isn't just about satisfying your curiosity, although that's important too. The Big Book of Bible Answers will give you clarity in times of uncertainty. It'll give you wisdom for tough choices and confidence when you're sharing the gospel with others. So contact us today with your gift of any amount and request The Big Book of Bible Answers. Our phone number is 888-644-7660. You can also go online to treasuretruthradio.org or you can send a check. Our address is Treasure Truth, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, Moody Radio has been in operation for 90 years, faithfully sharing the Word of God, all due to the generations of listeners like you who believe in our mission and join us in sharing the gospel. So thank you for supporting the ministry and allowing us to remain here in your community on this station. Again, our phone number is 888 888- Six four four seventy six sixty, 7660 or you can give online when you come to Well, I'm Steve Hiller our producer is Amy Rios join us again tomorrow as Pastor Ford concludes our study in Zechariah. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio a ministry of Moody Bible Institute